This is Donnie Tuttle, the Sell Anywhere trainer, coach, and practitioner. Welcome to the only podcast designed for the remote sales professional and the remote leader, helping you live with more joy, more freedom, and more productivity. We believe that your talent is not limited to years of code and that you can build the life that you want while selling from anywhere. What's up, Sell Anywhere crowd? You know, I almost did not become a salesperson, right? Robbery to the world if that happened. The reason was, like many other people, was I felt like uh, salespeople were slick, slimy, shysty, bad people looking for their own interests. I didn't realize that selling actually means serving. And today, I've brought on someone that is... Uh, not only is he is he serving with 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 how he sells and what he sells, but uh, I'm I'm bringing on someone who is we'll just say selling for a cause. There is there is a, there's a reason. There's a heart motivation. There's something. There's a big 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 why for why this guy does what he does, and uh, he heads a team uh, across the, you know different portions of America. He is often located in an office, but he goes on appointments like, uh, like many of us do. But um, I want to introduce you to the one, the only, the awesome Matt Vettel. Matt, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me, Donnie. It's great to be here. Yeah, man. Well, all right. So always at the beginning, I'd like to know where you're at geolocationally. Where is Matt Vettel? Yeah. What, kind of, what kind of office are you in and where are you at in the world? Yeah, so I uh, live in office out of St. Paul, Minnesota, and um, that's uh, the headquarters of a ministry called Net Ministries, and we're a, a Catholic youth evangelization ministry, and we have this one office here in St. Paul, and we've been here uh, for about 40 years almost, and it's a brick and mortar office. Uh, we've got about 50 staff here locally, and then we have two satellite offices, one Eastern office in Cincinnati, Ohio, and one Western office in Los Angeles, California. Again, brick and mortar, a handful of staff members in each of those locations. All right. So Matt, tell us, like, what, is, uh, what does Net Ministries do and how does sales come into play with that? Yeah. In generally, Net Ministries, well, we've noticed that the, the vast majority of Catholic youth are disengaging from our church at, uh, during their teenage years. And so to reawaken their faith, what we do is we train teams of young adults to minister to them in parishes and schools across the United States. And we've been doing this since 1981, and all altogether, our missionaries have, have reached over 2 million young people in, in that amount of time. And uh, my particular role at Net Ministries is to work in our fundraising department. And I particularly, in my team, we work with individuals, individual donors one-on-one, -on -one, helping them uh, decide and discern uh, giving and donating of their of their uh, wealth and, and abilities to, to the work. And, uh, and I've just seen a massive correlation between the work we do in fundraising, and particularly this one-on-one -on -one fundraising, meeting with people, 
asking them to support at a particular level. And uh, it, it relates so well to sales. Uh, man, I want to hear about this. This is, this is really um, something, something that's on my heart, Matt. I was talking to someone in a completely uh, different uh, industry, and I, and I told him, I think he, that he deals with people in the trucking industry, and I said, hey, listen, here's what I want you to think of. These people with these companies, they are sick, and they're in need of help. They just don't know it yet. And mm -hmm. you're, it's like, go beyond your mission. Like, and, you know, he's, you know, a member of the church. He's been on missions trips. But if we can see sales as a mission, I think for some of us, that can make a difference in, in, in what we're doing out there. Now, for you, I feel like that some people, like, like it's almost the, the opposite. You've had to actually bring in the culture of saying, like, hey, we need to see this mission as sales. So, so talk to me about those, those correlations. How is sales, like, what has it done actually since you started, um, you know, mixing the two together in a blender? What has it done for your, um, you know, for your donation, like, you know, do donation amounts mm -hmm. and, and uh, in, in, like, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have the advantage, me and my team, uh, that, like you said, we have the, the cause and the mission under our belt. And for the most part, our, our staff members uh, have served with us as missionaries in the past. So I served about 15 years ago in the middle of my college career. Uh, we traveled all over the country doing these youth retreats. And so we've lived this mission. So there's really not much else more important to go out and sell than the mission of net ministries to my team and and me uh and so we have that under our belt but like you said um because we work for the church uh, it's not a particularly traditional sales environment uh, i think most people that have the inclination to go out and sell tend to go get secular jobs and then have their their faith um you know, as their, as their faith, it's kind of separated for them. And uh, so what I've noticed, though, is if we can embrace traditional sales techniques uh, and uh, Im implement that in our fundraising strategy, um, it can dramatically change our, uh, our, our, our bottom line. And I mean, me personally, um, I was kind of implementing some sales techniques, nothing too strategic, though. And personally, we were, I was raising almost $300,000. And within you know, about a, a year or two of really digging into techniques and implementing it and, and just practicing, and, and it, practice is a big part of it, I guess I'd say. Mm. Um, uh, we increased, you know, my, my numbers increased to about $500,000. And we've brought on a couple other fundraisers in that time, and their trajectory is heading toward that as well. Mm. That's powerful, man. Tell me, tell me this, Matt, in terms of like when, from what you were doing, um, it, it, and, and I really parallel um, this, a lot, of, a lot of the sales pros out there don't dismiss this and say, oh, well, I already know sales. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's not even about that because Matt was already doing a, a lot of sales things. But Matt, take me, take us into the habits. Like how did you, actually like how did you first off see the importance of habits and how did you how did you make that a part of you and uh in, in what you were doing there yeah so my um i'd say the biggest habit i've had is is just looking at my time management uh 
I've kind of been a team of one for a long time. Now I've actually brought on some team members and so I'm more than a team of one, but I'm responsible for them. And so when I don't have um, super close accountability, other than you got to make your, your goal or not, and then there's conversations if you don't, um, my, my time management before was pretty organic. I definitely didn't have a weekly schedule kind of had a to-do list more than anything on a daily basis. And what I found is I'm naturally inclined to kind of put things off and kind of just uh, take on the next thing instead of uh, being able to really have a plan and discern what is the best use of my time. And so I kind of found myself at the end of the day and end of quarters and end of years, just finding myself, ah, I made my goals, but I think I could have done more. Um, I think I, I think I could stretch myself a little bit more, but a little more focused. So now I do a weekly schedule that um, sets aside particular times for phone calling, particular times for team meetings, and it's helped me not get distracted by things that actually don't need to be tackled at all, uh, and also put those like barriers that I actually do need to tackle, but put them in the right context. So I, I'd say for me. Um, one big simple thing that's not really related to sales particularly is just time management. Mm. Um, and then, and then what's particularly related to sales is, uh, adopting things like scripts, things like closes, um, knowing those closes, knowing those scripts. Uh, we already had a presentation, but it was pretty, um, you know, fact driven, I guess I'd say a lot of data dumping on people. And then just really direct asking. Uh, we kind of ask in the five to $20,000 donation range as particularly me and my team. And, and so it was a lot of like, we're looking for people giving $5,000. Do you see yourself doing that? And we'd get a lot of really, it, it was just a lot really quickly for a lot of the donors on the other side of the table. They were generous with us and, and worked with us uh, because of the mission, but uh, time and time again, I was feeling like, man, this is really direct. And when we've learned how to kind of more gently have a series of closes, uh, people are are less, uh, it's less abrupt, I guess I'd say. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so take us there, man. Script. Talk to me about script, the importance of script. Uh, you know, I talked to a lot of people out there and uh, they say, and I've said this in the past, Matt, that, you know, well, I don't want to be limited by a script. Or, um, you know, I, I don't want to be constrained and, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm reading a script. Talk, talk right. to us about that, man. Yeah. Well, first, I've already mentioned practice. If we practice these scripts over and over and over again, um, they won't feel scripty. Uh, that's the, the first and foremost. Mm. So I think having a discipline to, to practice it. And then when you practice it, you start discerning within that practicing. Oh, that sounded awkward. Why did it sound awkward? Are those not the right words? And it'll help you um, realize that before you're on a, a sales call and a phone call and, or, or presentation, you, you start realizing in the moment that the script isn't very well thought out. Uh, and then secondly, if you don't have any script at all, you, you have some form of internal script that you're, uh, you're, you're inclined to, to give. And I don't know about you or the listeners, but my internal script is usually really bad um, when I'm, you know, off the cuff talking. Mm. And, and so I found if I can 
beforehand put my thoughts on on a piece of paper what I'm going to say why am I calling this person what am I asking them uh, how am I going to be direct but like I said not abrupt uh, we want to avoid really awkward conversations and without a script I tend to have a lot more really awkward conversations wow um, yeah I've, I've even you know one of the things I've heard people say too Matt one of the excuses is they say um, I don't want to do a script. I, I don't want to sound salesy. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so, and so guess what they sound like when they pick up the phone? And sometimes they sound even more salesy. It's salesy. They sound salesy. <laughs> hey, how are you doing? Guess who's asking that question? Come on. Oh, man, I, I can't stand when I say it every so often it slips in there because it's natural for whatever reason. I don't know why that question is a natural question to ask because it's so unnatural the moment it comes out of your mouth because um, you probably never spoken to this person and you just ask them how generally how they're doing like you would ask a, a really good friend um but you don't have that background with them so and it's a strange it's a strange reality i think yeah man yeah um what when, when when you're on the script like what feeling are you trying to create for you what feeling are you trying are you like is it is it feelings is it information like what are you trying to to stir from the person on the other on the other side I mean, for me, when I'm writing out a script or, or talking to somebody on the phone and having that script, what, I mean, most importantly, I'm, I'm trying to create a good conversation that kind of where the person across the, the phone line just says, oh, tell me a little bit more, or yeah, I'm interested and open to having that conversation. Um, I definitely, because we're, we're working with a mission, I 100%, yeah, I want to cast a vision of the problem you know, for us, it's young people leaving our churches at an alarming rate. I want to cast that vision. I want to cast a vision that we're doing something about that, um, which definitely does hit like an emotional, uh, you know, button, I guess I'd say. And, um, but I'd say even more importantly, I could set all that aside. And my goal is just to have a good conversation. I found if I, not that I just keep people on the phone long enough, but sometimes they do tend to be you know, decent conversations. Uh, when I asked them for the meeting toward the end, they're just like, yeah, I mean, we've had a, it's almost like we've had a good enough conversation that all those barriers have kind of dropped. And, uh, and they just think, yeah, it'd be natural for us to meet up for a cup of coffee or a lunch. Mm. And, and one thing that I can say to, um, and this is to almost everyone out there that's listening, unless you're selling, unless you're very, very transactional, mm -hmm. uh, don't sell your product, right? Sell the meeting, sell it, you know, have a, have a conversation and, um, you know, have it, you know, your script should be your guidebook for no, no question, but, um, yeah, go for the appointment. Yep. Yeah. I've been uh, just recently really asking people if they're open to furthering this conversation. Yeah. Are you open to that? Yeah. Great one. Write that one down guys. That's a, that's a, that is, that's a non-aggressive sounding way to be aggressive. You know, are you and open? there's really not a lot of people that are not open. Once in a while, they're like, no, I'm not open to that. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's, you made a decision, so that's fine. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, who wants to be not open, right? We all want to be open. All right, just wanted to take a real quick break here because I want you to go and hit the pause button and go over and connect with me on social media. Because if you're not there, like, first off, how can we even be called friends, right? I want you to find me on LinkedIn. I want you to find me 
on Instagram, and it's Donnie Tuttle, D-O-N-N-I-E, Tuttle, T-U-T-T-L-E. And let's connect because here's the deal. Any of those little thought nuggets, any of those, you know, those things that are happening to me throughout my week, you are going to be able to connect with. And boy, I'd love to interact with you. So go ahead and do that. Let's keep the interaction going. Let's keep the party going. And now back to the show. Matt, take take me here, man. There, there's something that you kind of got me into. And um, I feel like that, that I'd love for you to share uh, with the audience. And, uh, you know, there was a there was a, uh, a little, there's like a little line in a song from two funny guys. They're, they're, they're called Trip and Tyler. I definitely recommend um, when you have time to waste, which is anti the message we're about to talk about. But when you have time to waste, go to go see Trip and, Trip and Tyler. And there's one of these, uh, their song called Working From Home. And there's a uh, line in there that says, it's hard to do anything when you can do everything. And talk to us, Matt, just in terms of, um, I don't know, let's just call it the noonday devil. Can you, can you, can you talk about the book? Can you talk about what it says and how, how it applies and, and how it can apply to someone who really might not be accountable physically to someone? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the noonday devil is a, a nickname that was given to uh, one of the, the, the deadly sins. So uh, there's, there's a number of deadly sins. We know a lot of them, gluttony, uh, pride and um, one is sloth and I don't know about you guys but um, when I've thought of sloth I, I haven't really like wrestled with that one gluttony is so clear like overeating overindulging <laughs> pride just being you know kind of just full of yourself maybe a little bit of a jerk it's pretty cool. sloth I'm like well I don't know like I mean I'm not sitting around doing nothing um, but sloth there's more to it than than what I think I definitely thought of when I uh, first kind of heard of that sin. And uh, it, it, there's a, another word for it called acedia. And, and it's, uh, it goes a little deeper than this. And, and the concept is that when it actually, we can go super church, I guess, on us a little bit. Um, there's these monks, you know, monks that live in these monasteries and they pray all day long and from ancient times, they've found themselves right at about noon, one, two, three o'clock. They're sitting in their little room, their cell, and they're, all they're supposed to be doing is sitting there and praying, and, and they just get tempted to, to leave, leave their cell. And a lot of the, the fathers of these monasteries, I mean, we're talking 15, 1600 years ago, they, uh, they would just tell their monks, don't leave your cell. Whatever you do, don't leave the cell. Because they've committed themselves to this way of life, but that, that noonday devil rolls around every, every day and they start venturing out and they want to go to the garden and it's warm in their cell, it's stuffy, they want to get out and get some fresh air. But really, they made a decision, and these men and the women that have joined in community they made a decision to devote their life to this particular way of life and us as, as salespeople, we made a decision you know nobody made us take these jobs um we made a decision that we're gonna go sell a particular product and uh and so um we need to remember uh every afternoon or maybe it happens in the morning or whenever it does for you um that we're kind of we're called to stay in our cell and that might for me sometimes that means just 
pick up the phone and make one phone call. I don't got to focus on five phone calls or 25 phone calls. I can only focus on making one more phone call. Um, and, and just don't, I, I have on my, my whiteboard, it says, don't leave your cell. I, I sent you that photo of the, the box. The box, tape. yeah. Mm-hmm. I put, I put this, you know, box on the floor just with like blue painters tape in it. It just says, stay in your cell. It says great. Another line says great work happens in this box. Uh, people say yes when I'm standing in this box. It just mm-hmm. like, it's positive self-thought and self-speak that. Um, helps me do what I committed to uh, way back when I, I said yes to taking this job. Mm. It, it, it can be uh, easy for us to change our commitments, right? When, when, when our mm. feelings change, when our emotions change. And gosh, man, I, I feel like uh, so many of us are, well, I think all of us to some degree are emotionally driven. Um, or even more importantly, I would say habitually driven. Yep. And sometimes we don't know why we don't want to do something. We just know we don't want to do something. And so oftentimes we'll, we'll find something to creatively avoid and, and, and do something else with. So like, like, like give, me, give me some things that you've labeled with this acedia thing, like these, these things that like get in your way or, or tempt you from giving your 100% dead level best effort what like give me some ideas what that might be oh for me it tends to be email uh, especially as i've brought on been taking on some like management uh responsibilities I, I found i have more and more emails and we definitely have to you know respond to those emails but we don't have to respond in the moment and and when i was trying to keep like inbox zero like all the time Oh man, I, I was just answering emails all day and I never get to something like my phone calls. Um, here at NET, we haven't adopted a ton of great technology, but we've tried. And I don't know for you guys, but bringing on new technology, tend, you got to do a demo with somebody and then you got to talk to all the supervisors that'd be involved in using this, got to get the budget approved. And so I found myself, even though I'm, that's not my job here at NET, getting sucked into these type of meetings and demos. I like new technology. I like being able to do my job better and more efficiently. Um, but I just found like, hey guys, that's not my role here at NET. And actually it is other people's role. And so I, I gotta let them take care of that. And uh, you know, there's other social media, the football season just started, fantasy football can like eliminate everybody's time. They, that probably, is a major issue in the United States. Our our productivity in the month of September and October probably goes down significantly <laughs> just because of fantasy football. Uh, so you know, I think it's it's whatever you find sucking your time away. And for me, I find myself at the end of the day if I really kind of ran from meeting to meeting to meeting and sucked into this, and then I check my email, and I just at the end of the day I, I'm exhausted yet. I mean, I didn't make any phone calls at all. And, and the plan was to make phone calls. Um, and so that, that's a really exhausting way to go about life every single day. Mm. So it's interesting that you mentioned running hard, right? Can sometimes, right, actually put us in the place to where we're more susceptible. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I have seen it time and time again where it's like if, if someone is, if you're running emotionally low, 
then you're you're more susceptible to making these bad decisions, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How 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 have you like 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 as you've done these things? I'm hearing some some positive self talk and some other, like like what what are some of the strategies that you have found that work? Uh, what are some things that maybe haven't worked? You know, to to keep you in your cell, so to speak. And we mean that in a positive and powerful way. It's not yeah. a prison not a prison sentence, right? But no, no, it's like keeping us to what what we committed to. Um, because the truth is, when you get tired. If you're experiencing any emotional distress at home, in your family, extended family, you're, you are, you're more susceptible to, you just to step outside of what you committed to. Because the work we all do is, is a difficult work at times. People are saying no to us. Uh, that's never, never fun. Um, and so, uh, something, I mean, man, positive self-talk is, is by far the the best thing we can do if we can start our day off with some daily affirmations um if i have particular kind of negative things that keep creeping in like oh man these people don't want me to call them they don't want to talk to me just writing that down and then writing something positive nothing made up not saying they're sitting by their phone waiting for me to call that because that's not true we are uh we are uh, professional interrupters um, and uh and so but just saying you know hey they like they've landed we don't have any straight up cold calls so everybody should know about us in some capacity here at net the people we're calling and and they they generally like us and and so just just landing on on what's actually true has been helpful um i have a coffee maker in my office like a like a espresso machine basically and and so if i can get myself a cup of coffee that always kind of turns the day around that's a particular <laughs> particular <laughs> uh, technique i have i mean I, I brewed a cup right before this conversation just to make sure i'm on my my a game uh and so so th- i mean there's some there's some you know physical things we can do to to get ourselves going okay and you said you stand and you don't sit sometimes is that also did i catch that that's right. Yeah. Um, when I'm at my best, I'm standing. And, and so um, I definitely, that's a battle I, I have. I go time and time again standing and then I kind of slowly, I've got a sitting option on my desk too. And I just find myself. And then once I start sitting, it's just, I sit and I sit and I sit until I have to like wake myself up and get myself to stand up again. Do, do you ever like use... Um purposeful breaks in your day whether it's doing an, uh, an activity that's more enjoyable or going outside or do you ever employ breaks just to make sure that your emotional tank doesn't get low and you're not more susceptible to you know the noonday devil mm-hmm. yeah 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 again every hour every couple hours trying to go for just a a quick walk is always so helpful just to clear the mind don't don't sit on my phone looking at a social media fantasy football again. Don't don't look at that. Just walk. Helps me think. Some great ideas kind of come out when when I'm when I'm doing that. So cool, man. So uh, so helpful on that. I don't know if there's anyone who's working from home that hasn't struggled with that at some point. I mean, you know, it's just so easy to say. Well, you know, why am I working? I could just go. You know, I could do this and I could do that, and mm-hmm. we can we can justify and those tiny little justifications take us away from really the promise that we made to ourselves and to other people 
and uh, those little those little actions build up into something that's uh, really I I call it the habit of losing, right? Right. And so uh, it's just it's just dangerous. It's dangerous to play there. And and thanks for the thanks for the tips on what you've tried and and, and what works for you. Take me You're to welcome. um yeah man take take us to take us to your team. You 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 have uh, you have a few different people in a few different locations you you've multiplied and and you guys are uh out there making the world a better place how does um how how does how does matt vettel like actually keep synergy in a team that's not all in one physical location absolutely yeah so we to give you a little snapshot we have two support staff people that work here in minnesota with me in the same office uh, and then we have um, another person that does similar work to, to me that uh, out in Cincinnati and then a, a, a fifth team member that does the exact same work in Los Angeles. So we span all the time zones. We have nobody in the, the mountain time zone, but, but we span all, the whole coast to coast. And because um, Cincinnati is just right in the Eastern time zone. And, and so it, we, we do a, a, every other week we have a team meeting where we're video conferencing people in. And then every week, this is the, the, the golden thing we do is, is we do a, a two hour chunk of team calling where everybody jumps on, on our video, video conferencing system and, and just sees everybody else doing that calling. And I think, um, in What's regards that do for you? To, oh man, it just, honestly just knowing somebody else is picking up the phone and that somebody else is getting a win here and a win there and when we get five of us on um it it just really uh the wins happen you know even if somebody goes winless that day they at least see you know two three four other wins happening in that in that period of time I, it helps me see what everybody else's pace is, you know, even just to pick up my own pace. I think because we're not a traditional sales environment, we don't have, we weren't handed standards of, of you know, multiple years of, of data saying, hey, you should call at this rate and you should close at that rate. And so seeing what other people can do, I think is always so much more helpful. Love it. Yeah, we do. We do something uh, similar as well. And it's, it is. It's nice to see someone in front of you, do, you know, like you're not alone. You're not yeah. alone. And man, sometimes when you're calling from your own home or you're the only one in the office doing it, uh, sometimes that, um, that misery of loneliness can be something that really can tempt you and lure you away from, Absolutely. right, from the cell. So, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta battle that when you're, when you're alone. I mean, it's that, it's that monk sitting in his cell praying and, even though there's brother monks all around him in their own cells, he just feels alone. Maybe he's walking away. So yeah, I mean, in a, in a church environment where, where the sales techniques, the phone calls aren't always prominent. Um, yeah. We've had to really just say like, Hey, we're in this together. We're all doing this. You're not alone picking up the phone. And then as a manager now being a practitioner, I mean, I think that's the best thing we can do to, um, encourage our team is just say, "Hey, I'm in it too," and and that's hard to to manage and and sell at the same time. Okay, yeah, open that one for me, man. Like, how how have you found? Like, it's almost like you're wearing 
or, or housing two different personalities, okay. right? It's like, hey, it's, it's Matt the leader or hey, it's, it's Matt the producer. How do you, how do you reconcile the two and, and, and what like, um, I, I don't know, like I, I find so many people go off balance one way and they're like, ah, I'm just going to go produce and other people are like, okay. ah, I really just need to go help lead. And so they stop producing. Like, how do you, like, how do you do all of that? Yeah, I found two things to be really helpful. One, I, I do set aside Fridays to just planning. I try not to set meetings, like outside appointments. Um, if there's any like internal things I really got to take care of, internal meetings that are kind of on the side, I try to take care of those on Fridays. And then most importantly, really thinking how can we care for and train this team of people. And so really setting aside Fridays and then keeping Monday through Thursday, uh, it allows me to, to put some more significant activity onto those days. Uh, I also think it's helpful being realistic about your goals. Uh, I have new fundraising dollars that I need to raise every year. Uh, if I had the goals I used to have of, of new fundraising dollars, uh, there's no way I could have those goals and continue to manage. So we've had to just ratchet down my, my new fundraising, new kind of new business, um, because I just, I can't stay at, for me and in our team, we can't stay at that capacity and bring everybody up at the exact same time. So I think being realistic about it and, and if we crush it, then like, great, we crushed our goals and we adjust and that, that's a great surprise. But if you feel the burden of this heavy goal and you're trying to raise everybody up, uh, you get underwater really fast. Mm. This is uh, this is this is solid, man. Um, I think that anyone who is uh, who, who's leading, uh, you know, from a different location than where their people are at, which is more and more people now, uh, I think I think they can definitely mm -hmm. take from what you have been uh, saying. Especially, I, I just I feel like that video conferencing part just it builds community, and that's the one thing I think we can miss when we're at a distance, right? Right. So. Yeah. Matt, round us out, man. This is this has been some really good stuff. Um, I just I'm I'm really stuck on this uh, acedia idea and just anything that that gets in in our uh, really in our way from and it's and it's not just really fulfilling uh, what we're obligated to, you mm -hmm. know. It's it's not just being stuck in a cell. I I really feel like that there are so many things that keep a lot of us from developing into the person that we could be and we should be. Can you, right. uh, can you, can you take us out on here, man? I just, I just want you to talk to the people like, like imagine now in the, in the audience, thousands of people, right? Stuck in this place where they don't realize what they're doing is that, uh, you know, they've left, they left their cell hmm. and I, I want you to talk them back into it, man. I want you, I want you to talk from experience and, uh, and let's, let's, let's punch Acedia in the face, uh, hmm. one, one good time as, uh, as you're on your way out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what I'd say to everybody is just to take some, some time to reflect on, on what your call is in life. I think all of us have a calling and whether that's a, a lifelong calling or, or just a, a season in life. You know, I think for jobs, a lot of us, it's a, it's a season. And, and what are we called to do? I think we're all called to no matter what we're selling, no matter what our job is, 
to, to make the world a better place in some capacity and, and take some time to reflect on that. And, and time to time we are out of season and we got to kind of address that and either kind of get back into season or find where, where we're called to be. Um, but if what you're doing is, is what you're called to, uh, we have, you know, we, we have, uh, it is an obligation, but it's an obligation to the mission, not, mm. not an obligation that's been like a burdened upon us. It's, mm. it's a, you know, if we believe in the mission of the, the ministry, the cause, the company, um, and we believe in the people that, that we're supporting, um, we should be running to that next phone call, running to that next meeting, uh, just pushing aside all, all distractions, everything that creeps in, uh, surrounding ourselves with, with the, the positivity that's going to help us pick up that phone one more time, write another email, uh, go to that next appointment, and clarify our message within all of that, that we're communicating this in a clear and, and concise way. That is so powerful, man. Just obligation to the mission. Mm. Obligation to the mission. Doing what you're called to do. And I, I really believe, Matt, that, um, man, this is so good. I just, I just feel like so many of us are, are suffering because, and we're tired and we're burnt out. And we're not burnt out because we're overworked. We're burnt out because we're overstressed from thinking about the things that we need to do still because we put them off. Right. right? That's, that's a frazzled person. Yeah, that's a man. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It has been awesome. It has been powerful. And uh, you have you have effectively uh, helped us to connect cause with with selling and and thanks for being someone who does that. And um, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Matt, how can they do that? Man, they're they're looking to connect with Matt, ministries, all those things. How can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, either about the, the fundraising aspects and sale, sales aspects and fundraising, um, or, or the ministry in general, uh, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is Matt V, so M-A-T-T-V as in Victor, at netusa.org. So it's M-A-T-T-V at N-E-T-U-S-A dot O-R-G. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us today, brother. You're welcome, Donnie. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us. And before you hit that next button on that phone, I want you to continue with me for just a little bit longer because I've put something together, especially for you. I want you to go over to DonnieTuttle.com and you are going to find that I have put together a course on selling anywhere. I have literally taken all of the mistakes out of this thing that I've learned over the course of two and a half years. And I provide a template of how you can go out there and sell anywhere. Everything from the traveling and the moving to the setup, to the teardown, to the mindset methods and motivation to different formats of being able to present to people in a way that is compelling. I have done that for you. And I'm asking you to go to DonnieTuttle.com and download the first class session for free. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode.